This is the Later in Life Love Podcast with your friend Mimi and her boo AJ. And this is a continuation of an episode we did earlier. And we have our guru. You know, I've, I've termed her the dating guru now because we've had so many responses to her first interview and we had to have her back again. So welcome back, Lynn. Hi, I'm glad to be back with you guys. One of the things that you did that probably a lot of people have not considered is speed dating. So tell us about that. Sure. Um, so I guess I'll start by saying that I think there's a bit of a, it can be a joke, right? Speed dating to some degree. And that's that's often how it's portrayed in um, media. Um, I first was introduced to speed dating when I was doing graduate work and a friend of mine talked me into going, right? And I sort of laughed it off and said, I don't think so. You know, just go, just, just try it, see what you think. And I was pleasantly surprised. I think, especially for folks who are, who are maybe out of that 20s zone, you end up finding folks who are really genuinely interested in finding a relationship. Typically what happens is you sign up ahead of time, usually through email. Um, it's done by age bands, say 20 mm -hmm. to 30, 30 to 40, etc. They try to group you generally by age range. You show up to the event, you give them your name, they give you a little scorecard, usually it's just a piece of paper where you write down folks' names and then you just check yes, no, and there might be some variation to that format, but it's generally how it works. Then you uh, sit at tables. Women generally sit down and the men rotate every, it can be as few as 30 seconds or as many as two minutes, depending on the format. Let me interrupt you just one second with that, because I've always been curious on how this works. Do you find that there's generally more men to women in, in the ratio typically? Um, does it tend to skew towards younger people versus older people? If it's a speed dating event, and I want to be clear that that's different than a mixer. If it's a speed mm -hmm. dating event and it's a good uh, organizer, they will match the number of men to women. Great. Okay. Yes. So you'll have a balance. Um, if it's a mixer, it tends to be more men. <laughs> Um, and you tend to get, uh, it skews more toward younger men. Um, but mm. if you're, if you're dealing with a good service, what you're going to find is that they tend to keep the age range band small. So 21 to 31, 31 to 41, 41 to 51, they tend to keep it within a decade. Um, so that way you're really meeting folks that you are more comfortable with in terms of age. Um, okay. So you say that when you go to these events, that it tends to be people really serious about a relationship. Um, I guess the way it's portrayed in sitcoms and, and media is that, you know, it's just like anybody shows up or, you know, guys who might be looking for something more temporary, but your experience has been that they're really looking for that forever love. You're always going to have a segment that is looking for something, right? Just, just to be honest about it, right? The hookup. You're mm -hmm. always going to have that element. But I guess it's important to distinguish between somebody who might be interested in a long-term relationship, but may not see that potential in that group of people, right? right. Does it mean that you might not want to have, you know, a casual relationship with like people are adults, right? You may want to engage in that. But what I would say is more generally, at least in my experience, speed dating does tend to pull people who are actually looking for long-term relationships. 
and and probably with anything else that there's different, I guess, companies or, you know, I guess as we would say, there's a different, you know, different apps that, you know, are more known for, hey, this is the hookup speed dating place. And this is the little more serious one. And this is the, oh, this is the real serious one. So I'm sure there's levels to it. Absolutely. Um, In a place like where I live, right, I'm in a more populous uh, metro area. So there are many different varieties, but I've also lived in areas of the country where there weren't many options. And so what I will encourage people to do is start your own. It's not difficult mm-hmm. to do. And if you're single and you're you're organizing the event, you can make it work for you. So, um, and you'll That's probably find idea. that there are lots of people who are interested in it. And uh, once people experience it and have a good time, you know, there I've even developed friendships with guys that I've met multiple times at speed dating. I could think of one guy in particular every time I would see him. Right, obviously, I'm not dating now, but when I would see him, it was always like fun. Like, hey, how you doing? How's your mom? How's your life? No potential, <laughs> no potential of a relationship, but you know, we just became friends just from seeing each other. So it's a great way to build a community and also to to start making opportunity for people, even if you don't live in an area where there are lots of speed dating options available. So now you're going to say that you did start your own. I did not. <laughs> and I regret I regret that I didn't actually. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish I would have thought to do that when I was living in more, uh, I would say, rural areas of the country, because I think there's still a, still a desire. And I have family, single family members that live in rural areas of the country or more rural areas of the country. And I keep constantly encouraging them, like, start your own. That's such a great idea because it's a win-win situation, right? If you're single, you're putting on these events so you get the opportunity to meet people and it's relatively easy to start, very low overhead. So great business opportunity. (laughs) Just to be clear, most of the places that I interacted with, they didn't actually rent the space. What they would commit to doing is you would get a certain amount of drinks purchased right at that establishment within a one or two hour period. So often what happens when you sign up for these events is you pay a nominal fee. You know, it can be, I think I've paid as little as $10 as much as 30, depending on the event. You pay for the event, you show up, and there's usually like a one drink minimum. So for the for the bar or the you know the restaurant or the venue, if they're looking to pull people in and people almost always stay afterwards, right? So you have the event, Mm -hmm. you do your rotation, uh, depending on your style of speed dating, which I think is important probably to talk about. But um, a lot of people like to stay and socialize afterwards. And so that's basically an audience that that restaurant and or bar wouldn't get otherwise. So it really benefits them. So it's incredibly low overhead. Okay, that's even better because I was thinking that you actually had to rent out like a banquet hall or some type of a a, uh, establishment that that you would use for a typical event. But this is even more of a win because for the restaurant or bar, wherever you're holding it, they actually get customers and uh, have some some traffic in there too. So it's win-win on every level. I have a feeling, I don't know why, but I think one of our listeners is probably going to take this idea and run with it. Or we could take the idea and run with it. What do you think, babe? Let's do it. I, I think that's something I could see you doing is running <laughs> that type of thing. And I, I like the uh, stay afterward. Well, can't say I liked it, uh, but the stay afterwards part, you know, that that leads to that guy that's just looking for the hookup. Hey, he's hanging out afterwards and seeing what's available. Like, okay, well, who stayed? Are they interested in me? If not, I'm going to talk them into it and buy them a few drinks and see what happens. There you go. 
That's exactly right. And, and if you think about it from a venue perspective, right, most restaurants aren't super busy on a Tuesday night at six. And that's a great time for folks who work, right? They want to reserve their Friday, Saturdays for dating, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a speed dating event on Tuesday, it helps the bar, it helps the restaurant and it helps the folks involved. So yeah, I would highly encourage and I hope someone does it. One more point I'd like to make, I'm not saying in any way that that if people want a traditional relationship, meaning men, you know, men being the breadwinner, women being at home, each individual person, right, and couple is going to have their own balance, right, of what works for them. Mm-hmm. I guess what I, the point I'm trying to make is that I think women now, as women become more empowered economically, professionally, just recognizing that there may be an obligation created. Either you might feel obligated as a woman, or the man might feel obligated to have some kind of, you know, involvement with you beyond just seeing you on a date. Recognize that there's a potential, um, I think is, is what I'm trying to highlight. And however you want to navigate that is your own choice, but it does create a, a power dynamic. And a way to get around that is uh, going on cheap dates, right? Like just meet for a cup of coffee. You buy your coffee, I'll buy my coffee. We'll sit, we'll chat, we'll feel each other out, you know, and move on. Meet in the park, just grab a sandwich, meet in the park and talk, right? You can do it in cheap ways that don't require a lot of investment. And honestly, I actually think that kind of dating is better because when you do a huge lead up, right, with a very romantic first date, very expensive, you're creating pressure on both of, both parties. Absolutely. You don't want to do anything for duress, right? You don't want to do it because you feel like you have to or because you're being coerced either way, right? So I'm of the mind that just make it, make it cheap, cheap and cheerful is what I like to say. Make it cheap and cheerful for the first few days. Hello, it's AJ. And your friend Mimi. We're the host of the Later in Life Love podcast, where we discuss topics related to dating and new relationships in your 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. There's a brand new episode every Monday. Start your week off right with the mindset that it's never too late for love. It's never too late.